Welcome to the Journal Hijabi podcast. I'm your host, Sirin, and here we're all about elevating the voices of hijabi women in mainstream media through authentic storytelling. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is kind of difficult to, like, depict this one image of how hijab should be. Like, I understand there's guidelines. I understand we're supposed to do certain, you know, it's kind of like a whole lifestyle hijab. My first first guest guest is is my my sister. sister. She happens to be my sister. (laughs) (laughs) What's the craziest thing that someone asked you about the hijab or told you? Like someone just, you know, like just came up to you, told you, you heard someone whisper or you saw it online. Like what's the, do you have like that crazy story that everyone has? I'm fortunate enough to say, alhamdulillah, I don't. I don't have like some crazy story from some person who treated me a certain way, alhamdulillah. But um, of course, I mean, I feel like in my, I've been in situations and positions in my life, so many of those, where I have been the only hijabi in the room, sometimes only hijabi in the building, you know, at my previous job, the only hijabi in the plant, you know. A plant, in the planet. <laughs> in the plant, in the, in the plant, manufacturing plant of like what a thousand people so and it's something that you go to every single day right it has nothing it's not like university where I'm full I'm you know surrounded by hijabis and Muslim women and this and that it's just it's something that I go to on a day-to-day basis and I constantly am the only woman who wears a hijab and the only Muslim so I feel like that in and of itself is kind of what's the word it's kind of crazy it's not crazy it's just a little i don't i feel like us humans have this natural innate yeah instinctive just nature to be you know feeling like we're included and yeah. a part of something and so that in and of itself being the only hijabi or only muslim in the building or in yeah. a large crowd of people in and of itself is kind of 
just makes you like, nervous and makes yeah. you think like, hey, like what are the people... the odd one out. The odd one out. And and nobody likes to feel like that. And, you know, what are people thinking of me? And what I... Yeah. And it's it's a very clear... Hijab is one of those things where it's you're a very clear outcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a very clear a outcast. One. Yeah, like, you know, you can... I understand that you can be Muslim, but... If you're a Muslim male or if you're a Muslim woman who doesn't yeah. wear the hijab, you can pass by as a, yeah. just another, you know, white person or Hispanic or whatever. Yeah, like, our religion, we wear it outward, you right. know? So, like, you, you know. You know. Th- that That's what, like, it can be, like, a good thing and it can, like, mostly be, like, a bad thing because it's, like, before you even, like, having to explain yourself or anything, people already, when they see you, they have your opinions and stories and ideas about you mm-hmm. without you even opening your mouth because you just have it on. Right. You know? And, like, what you said about, like, feeling the odd, like, the odd one out or, like, you're the only one in the building or in the room. Like, I understand that it's a natural instinct and, like, everyone goes through it at some point and I'm, I did too. But now I'm... I'm shifting it into, like, a perspective of seeing it as, like, being unique and different and powerful. And that's the only way that I see it now. Like, when you brought it up, I was like, oh, I remember when, like, I used to think like that. But now when I I go into my classes in college and, like, I walk in, like, yeah, of course I will still feel that tension and I always will. But I literally get, like, so excited and I feel so empowered because I'm like, I'll walk in the room and I'm like, oh my god, like, yes, thank god I'm the only hijabi because, like, (laughs) I'm over here representing, it's me. It's just a powerful feeling because, like, you can, like, sit there and, like... Represent. Literally, like, just represent, like, be that one person there. They know we exist, you Mm -hmm. know, like, basically represent for it. And, like, I don't feel like the odd one out anymore. I'll walk in, I have, like, I had this one class where... Are you the odd one in? the odd one out and like there was this class and like the audit it was like in a big auditorium it's like huge and I think I was the only like hijabi and I always sit in front like I'm always in front so like everyone know everyone notices me and like everyone sees like me as a hijab so like I'm literally just representing everywhere and like I'm proud to like say that and, and do that and it does not make me feel uncomfortable or make me feel like I'm left out For the majority of my life, I pretty much kind of accepted the struggle that things would be hard and I would be discriminated against and I'm facing racism. And I kind of, in this moment, have come to realize like, oh my gosh, no, I don't have to accept it. I can stand with these millions of other people who are standing up and say, I want to change it and I want something to be different. So in the midst of everything going on, whether that be the pandemic, the fight for racial justice, I would love to hear from you and share with our listeners, how do you shift your mindset in the midst of chaos to have a deeper connection with Allah? Yeah, wow, that's a um, such a powerful question and <laughs> such an important question. Because a lot of times with, with all the things going on, you can... It's easy to focus on, okay, well, what am I supposed to do or how can I serve or how can I help? Because it seems like those are the more pressing things to kind of spring into action because there's so much stuff going on. But really, the more powerful place to start 
is with turning inward and looking at yourself, your beliefs, your thoughts, your own kind of perspective and attitude, which all kind of is the words that make up your mindset towards how you're viewing life in general and how you're viewing a law and how you're viewing yourself. So what I would say is with everything that's going mm -hmm. on to think about what do you feel like is bothering you? What do you feel like is wrong, right? Okay, you know, it's not right that we can't, we don't have a national plan, you know, in the U.S. to kind of really address COVID. It's not right that, you know, in 2020, Black people are still being, you know, so unjustly mm -hmm. and severely mistreated and police brutality and being killed. Okay, now, so we're thinking about those things. And then we think about, well, how could things be different? How could, how would I want the world to look? How, you know, as, as a Black person, how would I want to be treated? And kind of consider the perspective of what's the ideal for me and then think about do I think that's even possible do I believe that that can happen do I believe that Allah would support me to achieving that especially as I think about racial injustice for the majority of my life I pretty much kind of accepted the struggle that things would be hard and I would be discriminated against and I'm facing racism and I kind of in this moment have come to realize like oh my gosh no, I don't have to accept it. I can stand with these millions of other people who are standing up and say, I want to change it and I want something to be different. And although I may feel that I have a small, you know, I'm only one out of many, that it seems like I'm a small part to play, but every small voice together adds up to like a great surge. And so in thinking of my part, my role, what, how I want the world to look, and now then considering, okay, do I believe that I've got a lot of support to do this because when we start from that place of like do I have a lot of support to create a, the life I want to live in the life I want to have and the world I want to see then we begin to shift because if we start from a place of like oh just what can I do what can I do we will quickly realize that you know we're super limited oh my gosh you know I have all these other obligations um of my of my work of school of my of my family um, I'm tired, I have to rest, I have to sleep. And so we feel limited by our own personal human capacity. But when we start from a place of like, this is what I want to see and will Allah support me, then we kind of understand that anything that we do can be amplified by Allah. And we stay in that state of appreciation for even the small actions that we do. I know how hard it is and like when I get messages from girls saying I want to put on the hijab and I love your style like it just makes me like it literally like my heart bursts from how happy I am because it's just like I literally know what it was like. I think it also goes back to maybe like the fear of like actually mm -hmm. taking that step to put it on and go through with it and right. in your mind like you can just be like okay yeah yeah I'm gonna be hijabi one day when this but like if this happens or when I'm this yes. age I guess we're just like we were afraid of it and like that's a natural feeling because we don't know mm -hmm. how it would be until right. you know we, we actually put it on you mentioned after putting it on you were happy that you made the decision but mm -hmm. it was hard which is a normal thing I think Mm -hmm. you know all hijabis especially at the beginning it's like hard for them it's something that we weren't used to so how did you overcome the difficulties that came in the beginning 
of wearing the hijab mm -hmm. and how did mm -hmm. you find your own style so like overcoming the difficulties i think was for me personally finding the right uh, um group of people to surround myself with people that supported my decision and um like supported just like motivated me to keep it on and you know give me supporting words and encouraging words things like that um go again going back to like looking into the reasons i'm wearing it and you know just holding on to the reasons that holding on to the right reasons oh, yeah. you know yeah. yeah that initially inspired me knowing that i put it on for obviously for for allah not for for people mm -hmm. so yeah that's overcoming like the difficulties i think for me was really remembering the reasons i had it i had put it on and also making sure that i was around people who encouraged it how did you find your own style you said that because it was like hard at the beginning what kind of made it easy and mm -hmm. let you overcome that was finding your own style that matched you and right. that fit you so how do you yes. think you found that for you i uh, kept looking up hijab tutorials <laughs> until <laughs> one just looked right to me because i was like it was like style after style that i was just not happy with and i was like and it's still like it still alternates now like i don't have one specific like way i wear it, it you know, it goes back and forth all the time. But in the beginning, it was looking up all these tutorials. And that's a reason that I decided to, like, start doing that as well. Because, like, I know how hard it is. And, like, when I get messages from girls saying, I want to put on the hijab and I love your style, like, it just makes me, like, it literally, like, my heart bursts from how happy I am. Because it's just, like, I literally know what it was like. And seeing other girls doing that is what like motivated me and inspired me and like you know kept like helped me keep it on or helped me find that right style that i felt like you know happy and comfortable and confident in i can say personally that i'm still finding my style too because it, yes. it does change and it also yes. really goes with like finding the style that fits your face shape yes how do you think wearing the hijab empowers you and inspires you to keep it on and to step outside and regardless of what other people think or the stares that you might get which we all do mm -hmm. and it's honestly become a norm now so mm -hmm. like how do you how do you stick with it how do you still wear the hijab and, and look in the mirror and, and wear it and just say regardless of anything that's happening outside of that how does wearing your hijab empower you wearing my hijab empowers me because there's so much beauty and grace in hijab and the meaning behind it that a lot of people don't really understand or choose not to understand like walking into a room like most of the time i'm the only hijabi there <laughs> yeah so yeah. um it is it is difficult but there's also like i feel like really unique like it it, it brings this uniqueness that I wouldn't necessarily feel if I didn't have it on, you know, like it makes me different. And at first I saw it as like a bad thing as like, oh, my God, they're looking at me yeah, because definitely. I'm the odd one out. And I guess I trained my mind to see it as a positive thing. Like, yeah, I'm the odd one out. But like that makes me different. That makes me unique. And I just I just stopped caring what people think, whether they're like Muslim or not. I will say that when it comes to the discrimination that Muslim women potentially face because of their hijab, I would remind women that we're never the problem when it comes to those situations. It's always those that are discriminating against us. Um, and to always remember that 
you aren't the problem. It's those who are intolerant of people's differences. Just the other day, I actually saw an interview on Good Morning America where there was a hijabi discussing how the hijab was banned from her workplace. And also, another hijabi was discussing how she was, I believe, fired for praying during her lunch breaks. And I know that may seem as discrimination against her religion, but also, I've never really heard that happen to a Muslim guy. So I'm questioning that it most likely had to do with her hijab. And so seeing that discrimination against hijabis in the workplace is well and alive. Do you, as a future lawyer in five to ten years, see yourself facing this kind of discrimination? And how would you say we, hijabis, could overcome this issue and maintain fierceness and boldness and resilience through these times? Yeah, that's a really great question. And that's oftentimes something I think about when I'm stepping into not only uh, a career field where there aren't many hijabi lawyers, um, but it's also a male-dominated career field. So those are two kind of dynamics that I often think about. Um, But since I'm specifically going into human rights law and international human rights law, I think being a hijabi or not, I kind of have to put on, get some really thick skin and be able to act quickly in those situations. Um, And I think the best advice I would give someone is to kind of purify your intentions on why you're wearing the hijab and your connection to it. Um, Because of course, the first reason that we put it on is for God. So in defense of the hijab, we're defending our religion and our right to practice our religion. So it's important that we as hijabis are confident in the reasons why we wear hijab. When someone asks us or tries to discriminate against us, we have to know our rights. And that goes for so many marginalized groups in America. That's kind of the reality that we live in and constantly having to know our rights and knowing how to enforce our rights onto those who try to restrict them. Absolutely. I think that's such an important topic today for especially hijabis to understand the human right, the basic human rights that they have. And so on the topic of hijab bans, I want to understand why European countries are so pressed with women wearing the hijab. You know, I mean, there are people everywhere bothered by the hijab, but specifically Europe is just absolutely violating hijabi women's human rights. The niqab ban in France and then the hijab ban in universities in Belgium. I truly admire the strength and resilience hijabi women have in countries that consistently violate their human rights. And having to choose between getting an education and practicing your religion freely shouldn't be something that women have to think about. So I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on hijab bans and how they violate basic human rights? And what can we do to eliminate that? I think it's really interesting now during this global pandemic that we have found ourselves in, how ironic the hijab and niqab bans have been in Europe. Um, now that everyone across the globe has their face covered. 
Uh, I read an article in NPR recently um, about how France has gone from niqabs to N95s, and I thought that was just a really ironic way of putting it, um, because France has been one of the countries who has been really adamant about banning hijabs for safety reasons, or what they, you know, what they call safety reasons, that there shouldn't be, or banning niqab, sorry, because uh, people shouldn't have their face covered, because it's a safety concern to the public, and everyone needs to be able to see your face, because it establishes equality between two people who are talking to each other. Um, But now everyone's face is covered, so now we know that it actually had nothing to do with safety, because the world's functioning completely fine with everyone wearing these masks. Um, and it was always about some phobia and wanting to just restrict Muslim women from being able to rightfully, protect, um, rightfully practice their religions. And as far as what we can do about it, I think social media and electing people to government positions who fight for our rights is really important. I think on an individual scale, we can continue to press these governments um, and press our elected officials to raise their voices against these laws because it's been effective. Representative Ilhan Omar, she's the one who overturned the ban in Congress for anyone to wear a head a headpiece on um, on Capitol Hill, and she's effectively done that. So it just takes putting bold people into positions of power that we are comfortable with uh, representing the Muslim community. Your nonprofit Cultural Communications was created to amplify the voices of marginalized communities, and you've specifically mentioned wanting to bring more inclusivity within spaces that are predominantly Muslim and Arab-saturated. So can you talk about why this topic is so important to you and how are you able to make it happen so yeah like i was saying growing up i grew up in a smaller town and i did grow up with a lot of muslims i was mostly around muslims but just because uh, when i went to college most of my friends went out of the area and i went to a predominantly very small liberal arts college that was mostly caucasian and so a lot of times when i sought community i sought community from online So I would see community like on Instagram, on Facebook to just to get like, just to be closer to my religion, to be closer to people that might relate to some of my personal struggles. And I saw like in bigger towns where that community is already there that a lot of people don't necessarily want you to enter their spaces or might not be as welcoming as somebody that's like me. Like even when I go to bigger cities and I see hijabis at the mall or something, like being from a smaller town we get really excited to see people like us but those people never get as excited as we do when we see them so (laughs) it just get so it just gets a little bit interesting so I think my piece of advice for people I think if people reach out to you that's from a smaller city that they're really looking for community like it's hard to develop community when you're in a small town and don't have very many people like you so I would just say welcome people with open hearts because it may not seem like they need it but they really do Have either of you guys ever come across a hijabi, whether that be a friend, relative, or family member, being discriminated against or looked at in an unpleasant way? And 
Have situations like those ever affected you either because of how it made you feel or because of how someone else reacted to it? If so, why? And if not, why? The thing is like a full out racist, you know, aggressive situation has never happened in front of me. And I just feel like it's sad because it's as if like those people who would do anything and who are thinking it inside know when not to say anything because like oh they're with they're with people right now you know they get much less confident and whatnot um but i mean we see so many stories and it's it's kind of scary obviously like you know you have like when my mom uh, like is wearing hijab and it's just like it is anxious like i am anxious like you know it's like tough that because we're not going to be there you know like it's just it is what it is like we got to live our lives everyone's doing things going to work this and that um and it's a sad reality that that exists but i think having like conversations like this where you know we bring it to light more because i feel Mm -hmm. like it's not as understood you know like that this is something that is like an everyday thing and we live in texas i know like it's just you turn the wrong corner and it's just you turn Mm -hmm. to the wrong place right and i feel like having conversations like this should be so much more you know more prevalent because i feel like if you were to just ask a regular man just like what it's like to wear it and whatnot you know i'd be like oh it's hard you know, I'm sure it sucks. Oh, I'm in the summer. I bet it's hot or like something like that. But the I, I was re- reading an article about it. Um, s- someone who's a hijabi as journalist was saying just like some days it really just feels like a public service announcement. Like your life is a public oh service God. announcement. Like yeah. every day, like wherever you go, you're just you have to wear your, your like your whole identity on your sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that is a struggle that I won't know what it's like. And to know that like they are just so many dangers and like opportunities for bad things to happen like we see it all the time you know on social media and like you see like people's uh scars being pulled off and um yeah. and like the criticism that um like athletes get i saw like ibtahaj muhammad uh, the olympian mm-hmm. uh, um she was like talking about like what it's like wearing a hijab during sports and like during the olympics and how she faced a lot of like um criticism and things like that mm-hmm. and it's just like it's become a reality like it is it is what it is and i thought that was um really cool like on your last episode like zahra said like you don't have to accept that right like it's just like it's discrimination and like we've grown as a society enough where like it's like we should say something we have Mm -hmm. to say something we got to like start stepping our ground and if we have more conversations like this we can start slowly becoming more of a community i feel like there's such a such a division of like understanding what it's like between men and women of like especially like our age of like hijab and just like the struggles of you know like having to you know constantly be out in the public just all out there just going around like just public places with my either with my sister or my mom like i feel like there's always going to be people staring like he said it's like it's like hijab is kind of like like a target on your head in a way oh, if that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. to like race people like it will always it will always catch someone's eye like people will always be staring at stuff yes. and i feel like because of that it's like i always have to be like prepared or like just aware yeah. at all time you know what i mean because i feel like at any time 
something might go down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, just like what Saim said, how we should like talk about it more and have people be more aware about it. Because like, I feel like more people are aware about like what's going on and like more aware about hijabis and stuff. hijabi safety. Uh, yeah. It'll create more of like a safe environment, inshallah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, because. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have like this much anxiety about my friends or my mom going out like by herself with a hijab on. Like, yeah, like it, like it shouldn't be like that. I feel like I should be comfortable with just like my mom should be able to go out like anyone else. I mean, not not only the hijab, like just as a girl in general. Mm-hmm. I feel like also like I should be comfortable with my mom or my sister or my friends just to be able to go out and not worry about a racist or some weirdo doing something you know what i mean the least that we can do is definitely just call it out when we see it we have to get educated first that's like my whole like every question i could answer the same thing like, you know it's like it's so applicable you are who you surround yourself with And so if you're surrounded by people who always compare themselves to others, then you're going to end up doing the same, you know? So be proud of your hijab. It's yours. Previously, I asked you before this episode about how you would describe your relationship with your hijab. And you said something really interesting that I loved. You described (laughs) it as tough love. And so... Can you explain more about what that is and how you view tough love when describing your relationship with your hijab? So I chose to describe my relationship with hijab as tough love because I feel like as much as I'll tell you I love it and as much as I know myself that I love it, it's still going to be tough. And like I've mentioned before, this journey, this experience, this commitment is always going to feel hard. It's always going to feel like a struggle. So no matter how much advice I try to take in with it or build my confidence and grow that passion and love for it, it's it's going to be tough. Like that's an exception at the end of the day. It does get easier, but it'll never be easy or the smooth like line. But when people do ask me, it does get easier because you grow that confidence and you grow the love for it. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a struggle that we'll all go through in our own ways. And I find that very special. So I feel like the perfect way to label this, but keep it very simple, was just having tough love for it. Kind of like having tough love for a sibling. Thank you for tuning in and spending this time listening to this episode. If you could take one second to support this podcast by sharing it and leaving an honest review, it would mean so much to me and help us to reach many different audiences to spread our stories about the hijab. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thanks for reaching the end of the episode. We hope you learned something new about the women who wear the hijab. You can watch the recorded video of this episode on YouTube at Journal Hijabi. And be sure to follow our Instagram at Journal Hijabi to stay updated on all things hijabi and help spread our stories. Until next time, never forget the power of being a hijabi.